Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a comedian we've seen on MTV's Roast Battle, Jimmy Kimmel Live, HBO's Crashing, and much, much more. His comedy special, Family Reunion, is available everywhere. We welcome Jeremiah Watkins. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Absolutely great. Let's go beyond the mic. 2020 has been the sucked for the world, but for you, it was passable. First, you have a brand new comedy special. Second, you're going to be a dad. Yeah, a lot of good things on the horizon and things happening right now. I tried to make the best out of 2020. Truly one of those lemons in the lemonade kind of thing. What are the lessons you were trying to learn before the April arrival of your son? Uh, (laughs) I think that I continue to learn patience and how much being a kind person goes a long way. And I want to be able to instill that in my son. I think being grateful for everything that you have and uh, continuing to to work hard. I think those are the things that I'm always working on as a person before a child comes into the third. Now, how did your family react when you told them, hey, I'm going to be a dad? Oh, complete, complete happiness. My family's been wanting this for me for a long time. This will be the first grandchild of the family. So my parents are over the moon excited as well as my wife's family yeah it's it's nothing but positivity and good vibes when we made the announcement and then i saw the gender reveal you made the world laugh with that you didn't want a daughter but i think you'd be a good girl dad i could have been a great girl dad i mean it's just one of those things where it's a little bit of a relief for me to have a son just because i I know (laughs) what it's like to be a little kid growing up and stuff like that so i i've experienced doing that but i have no experience being a girl you know (laughs) <laughs> being a little girl <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know it would have been beautiful and it would have been amazing either way of course as you're supposed to say <laughs> but I'm, I am a little bit relieved that uh, this first kid is a son your special family reunion has reactions from your family on your stand up now how did you plan that or did it happen organically and how did you go from interviewing your family to one big special so I went back home last year almost exactly a year ago in 2019 in December. And I was planning on shooting something, but I didn't have the vision in my head. Exactly. I wanted to shoot the shows and kind of see what happened. I wanted to get interviews with my family because I was thinking about doing some kind of doc about me going back home to do shows in my hometown slash standup special. And then it worked out that one of the shows, my family surprised me by sitting in the front row, which I always ask them to sit as far away from the stage as possible. And because as a comedian, you don't want to look at people who you know when you're doing comedy. It's just a, it adds a very odd layer and it adds anxiety that is kind of unneeded. But what happened, I walked out and they were sitting on the front row, kind of all around me. To the right of me was my mom and her new husband and group of friends and then stage left was my dad and his new wife and uh their their family and then my brother and his wife are in the middle of the crowd so i'm literally surrounded by family and friends from my past and uh it caught me off guard and i had to embrace it and roll with it and then that's what turned into the special and it, it was kind of a beautiful disaster that ended up happening you couldn't turn away and not see a family member it's like the holidays for all of us they're always there and you can't escape yeah it, it, it's definitely like being surrounded uh, and not being able to escape at all. So (laughs) rather than, you know, me cowering in fear and hiding in the corner, I stare down the barrel and and I just go for it. Because as you said, 
if you're feeling awkward from one side of the room, well, look to the other side. There's more of that going on. So you just have to embrace it and, and really commit and go for it a thousand percent. That's what I did. He's a five-star laugh at a $3 sign price range. Jeremiah Watkins joins us beyond the mic. Jeremiah, you started out in radio when you were 19. What was that like for you? I loved it, man. It was uh, it was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. And, and honestly, if I wasn't doing stand-up now, it would be a career that I definitely would still be interested in doing. I think that's probably my affinity why I do so much podcasting now is it's you know, it's, it's kind of adjacent to the radio world. But what I love about radio is that live feel that you get and that connection with, you know, people who are calling into the show and you're kind of waking up with, with people and you're all in it together. And that's what I kind of feel with this special that I tried to, to give you the vibe of is you really feel like you are in this weird predicament of this show with me where I'm surrounded with my family. Like I, you feel the tension and how awkward it is for me. And you just get to be like a fly on the wall in the audience and, and experience my uh, my squirming. And it's a, I feel like it's a delight for the audience watching. You're also paid better. How did you move from radio to comedy? So, you know, it happened pretty organically because I'd been doing improv at the time, like in high school and college. It was a weird, very strange blessing in disguise where my boss, the DJ of the morning show that I was a part of, he got fired the producer above him got fired as well. So they kind of cleaned house of the morning show, but me and a couple other guys were left who were doing on-air stuff, and I was screening calls at the time. And the new DJ that came in from another market, she straight up told me, she goes, you will never work on my show ever because you worked on that other show. So just know that and accept that. And it was kind of a rude uh, awakening where I was like, I got to get out of Kansas City. I got I to gotta move to LA now because my future as on-air talent at this station is literally done. And she ended up staying at that station for over 10 years. So I'm very, very glad that I got out of there as quickly as I could. 10 years in radio in one place is like forever. Yes. Yes. Kansas born and raised and now in LA. What's the big difference for you? that people may not think of between Kansas and L.A.? I think just more the people, the way that they carry themselves. I think people are much more guarded out here in Los Angeles because I think because it's a little bit of a bigger city, you learn that you kind of have to be because people are always looking for something from you out here in Los Angeles where it's really refreshing when I go back home to Kansas or the Midwest or even South where you know, that whole Southern hospitality really like kind of kicks in with like people holding the doors for you, just people being conversational outside, like saying hello, greeting, smiling, waving, all that stuff. Things that you would think are, would be second nature to a lot of people. When you're in LA or New York or some of these bigger cities, people kind of keep their head down and they keep walking. They're very specific to, they have an agenda. They're going directly to where they're headed and they don't have time to, to meander where it's really refreshing when I go back home to Kansas where I'm walking down the street and people are saying, hello, how are you? And it's little things like that, that, that that's, that's the kind of stuff that I miss about living in a little bit smaller city than, than LA. Now talk about the confidence that you have to have creating jokes, putting them out there in a dog eat dog world of comedy. 
you can have a bit that you think is going to be great and it works great and it feels great and then you put it out there and it bombs. <laughs> That's like literally one of the definitions of, uh, of being a comedian, being able to be flexible with that uh, because for me, somebody who riffs a lot and, and jokes around a lot, like in the moment, you know, works off the crowd, I can't tell you how many times audience members will come up to me after shows and tell me, I love that one line that you said, or I love this one moment that you had with this audience member. I was like, that, I just made that up tonight. Like <laughs> I've been working on years on these other jokes. So that literally happens to me all the time. And you just have to build up a thick skin and just be confident in yourself that at the end of the day, you know, it's funny and what you're trying to get across. Sometimes you have to chip away at because other people aren't seeing it the way that you're seeing it. And that's how jokes really become refined. Like when an audience member gets to see the joke exactly how it is through your eyes, that's when the complete connection happens. And that's when a joke really starts to kill is, is when it's, it's full circle like that. From watching you, you are the master of the heckler. You pretty much say, well, you've opened yourself up to this game on. Pretty much. It's one of those things where I never obviously seek that out at a show, but I will kind of let somebody know. It's like, if you want to go toe to toe with me, this isn't a fair fight. Exactly. Like I do this every night. <laughs> like, like that's like somebody trying to run a marathon who casually goes on jogs. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I do this all the time. I do this as a living. So like, I know the end result. So if you really want to do this, that's fine. But just know what you're, what you're getting yourself into. With many clubs closed, how special was it for you to have a special out there as a reminder of a moment frozen in time when mom could come on stage and hug you and we all were not six feet apart? Uh, it means the world to me, honestly. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to put this out there as a special because it's a real moment in time that even right now with the pandemic and everything that's going on, an audience like I'm still touring and doing shows occasionally, but like even me bringing my mom on stage, people would still be slightly uncomfortable with that now, just because a new person is walking on stage and you know what I mean? People are in their heads about kind of everything right now. And the fact that I got to do that with my family and there, they are a part of it and there's interviews with them. It's, it's really cool. It's going to be one of those, those real special things that I look back on later in life, I think and I'm going to be really proud, uh, and grateful that I made this happen. Now, some comedians are doing drive-in shows. Are you a fan of the Prius honking at you, either signaling that they like the joke or for the guy in front of them to sit the hell down? <laughs> right. I've done a couple of those shows, and they're not ideal. They can still be fun. It's just a matter of, as a comedian, you really, or just as a person, you have to rewire your brain entirely because your entire life, you known honks to be a bad thing like danger or i'm mad at you or something is wrong you have to convert that to oh no that that means they like the joke that means they like me so it, it takes a second for your brain to kind of recalibrate that but yeah I, i'm grateful to do any shows but that's definitely in uh, one of the more odd settings that i've done while this whole pandemic has been going on for sure there's some of those driving shows his special family reunion is out now jeremiah watkins joins us beyond the mic in the 70s and 80s it was being asked to sit down at the couch by johnny then dave and jay what's the sign for a comedian they've made it now uh, there's so many different levels now because there's so many different outlets and opportunities i mean 
right now, I mean, and a bunch of comedians have, have said this. I'm, I'm not unique to say this. It's, it's just kind of a unanimous, agreed upon thing. I think if you do like a podcast like the Joe Rogan Experience, that's kind of like Johnny giving you the okay to come to the couch. I think that's one of those big stamps just because Joe is like, uh, you know, he's such a big figure and an, an important one in the comedy scene and what he's done, especially for LA comedy and the comedy store and stuff like that, helping with the revival of, of that club and the scene. That's one of them. Obviously, um, for, for me, uh, getting a special out on Amazon Prime is such a huge accomplishment for me and that I'm super grateful that that's happening right now. And it's just going to lead to you know, more specials on whether it's on Prime or other platforms in the future. Uh, I, I feel like uh, this, is a, this is a big feather in the cap right now, and, and that's how I'm looking at it, and it's going to be a great launching pad to the next things to come. Jeremiah, time's running out, so it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. All right, let's do it. What makes your wife so special to you? Uh, how sweet she is how kind she is, her sense of humor, uh, so many things. Those are the first things that they come to mind. What instruments do you play? I play saxophone most proficiently. I've played that the longest in third, fourth grade. I'm learning piano right now. I've been taking lessons this last like year and a half and I'm trying to get better at that during the lockdown and everything. And uh, I play guitar as well, moderately, like at an intermediate level. Who are the comedians that make you laugh? Uh, my top three are that I always go to are Jim Carrey, Steve Martin, Chris Farley. I also love uh, me some Adam Sandler. There's, uh, so, yeah. Do you remember the last music concert you went to? Ooh, that would have had to been. Wow. It's been a minute since I went to uh, a music concert. Oh, you know what it was? It was Run for the Hills, Run for Your Life. Iron Maiden. That was the last concert that I went to. You've got great characters that you have created. What's the favorite of all your characters? It's probably between Feminist Stacy and Shanks. Uh, Feminist Stacy, she is she's a blogger who is basically she's triggered by everything. And it's real nice for you to have a male on the show today, but why couldn't you have had a female on the show? Really? Jeremiah's wife wasn't available to take this interview? Good on you. Wow. And then Shanks, he's an escape prisoner. He's always in and out of prison. And he's just a fun guy to improvise as because he's just like this lovable prisoner that's mostly good natured, but has done horrible things in his past that kind of, that leaked out into conversation. Hey, darling, like, it's real good to be on the program with you today. You know, if you want to get some lunches on her, like maybe go on a date. I don't know, man. I just got out of prison. So I was like, one of those things, like, if you want to chill later, like, uh, we can go back to my mom's house, or we can go to your place, like, but just know, like, I gotta get out of this jumpsuit right now, because I'm attracting people, I get this orange on, so if we can get, like, a jersey or something fly, that'd be dope. Where's the favorite comedy club for you to perform at? Uh, my favorite club to perform at is the Comedy Store uh, in Los Angeles. There's some great clubs that are also on the road. I love that I got to do this special at my home club and uh, the comedy club Kansas City. There's great hyenas in uh, in Texas. I, I love performing at those clubs. But Comedy Works in Denver is, is an amazing club. It's really good. Some of the clubs in, in New York, like The Stand and New York Comedy Club, uh, those are all just a handful of the many great clubs that I like to perform at. The Punchlines are great in San Francisco and, and 
Sacramento. There's a lot of good ones out there. What's the most embarrassing moment of your life? Ooh, it's hard to say because as, as a comic, I've built up pretty thick skin where I don't necessarily get too embarrassed anymore. It probably would have been back to when I was a kid. Some of the memories that I have uh, as a kid were, were pretty embarrassing. This one's embarrassing. I was I was trying out for a soccer team when my team was about to go to the premier level, going from rec- recreational to premier, and uh, I was so fat that I couldn't keep up with the other kids, so I started uh, crying, and the coach pulled me aside and was like, hey, man, you're good enough Like as a goalie. like You don't need to be able to keep up with the rest of the kids, but like got to got to finish the last like even if it's slower you got to do me a favor just finish uh, and i look back at that memory and i'm like oh wow that was that's pretty cringy right there like stuff like that where i'm like that like still haunts me <laughs> now if you could have been a doctor what would your specialty have been i was I think you did your research on me i i thought about being a pediatrician at one point because um <laughs> i think for the longest time, I, I loved like working with with kids. Like anytime, like I my friends had like little brothers or sisters or whatever, and we'd have to watch them. I, uh, I think more so why I like that was more because they're such a good audience and they love laughing. So I think that's really why one of the reasons I wanted to become a doctor and work with kids because I, I think I wanted to be like a funny doctor, like a Patch Adams like kind of character. So I guess that I would be doing something like that where I would be able to help kids and put some smiles on the parents' face even if their kids are going through some rough stuff or whatever. He plays the sax well since third grade, last saw Iron Maiden in concert, and somehow I ticked off feminist Stacy. <laughs> we have to thank Jeremiah Watkins for talking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. <laughs>